Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission at Connect Church is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information on who we are and how we're doing just that, visit myconnectchurch.cc. Now, let's jump into this week's message from Pastor Blaine. Well, today we're going to be in several different passages of Scripture, and uh, you know, I, I really do prefer uh, preaching expository messages, which is where you take a passage of Scripture and kind of break it down. Uh, but today we're going to be in several different places and breaking down a concept which we've been working on now for several weeks. Uh, most folks do not take God seriously, uh, even, even Christians. We don't live in fear. We don't respect or reverence Him the way we should. We joke about Him. We misuse His name and, and use it inappropriately. We reserve Him for situations that parallel fire alarms, like in case of emergency, you know, break glass. Primarily, I believe that's true because we think that we have a working knowledge of Him and we think that we are His favorite thing. We either have an inflated view of our abilities or we have reduced His. And so today what I want to do is to call us to remember who He is. We're talking about the forgotten characters and natures and attributes of God. And it's a very deep subject. And uh, I believe it's very important for us to remember because we need to remember who He truly is so that we can remember who we are. Today we're going to talk about infinity, Not infancy. Infinity. It means without limits. Infinite is being endless, vast, immeasurable, and universally omnipresent. And God and God alone stands in that place. When John wrote to the, the letter to the seven churches of Asia in Revelation, he said in Revelation chapter 1, verse 4, Grace and peace to you from Him who is, who was, and is to come. That's right. This describes God who not only exists today, but has always existed and always will exist. Just a few verses later in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, God's own words tells us, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. And of course, we know the Alpha and the Omega are the first letter and the last letters of the Greek alphabet. It was commonly used as the composite whole of something. Like we would say, from A to Z. It means it encompasses everything that could be. And so when Jesus reveals Himself as that, He is talking in regard to creation. So John chapter 1 tells us, as does Genesis chapter 1 and, and also Revelation, that when God said, let there be light, that was the presence of Jesus Christ and His words. He was the creator and He is the sustainer. He is the first and the last. And when the last moment of time in this creation takes place, Jesus Christ will be there. He is the beginning and the end. Now, when this verse says that He is the same, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, yesterday, today, and forever, it is referring to His character. His nature is 100% unchangeable. And the grace that He offers is always, currently, and forever available to anyone who will believe in His name. The problem is not do we believe that, but the problem is we have lost view of who He is, and so we have lost view of who we are. 
and, and needing grace and needing mercy and needing forgiveness. Sin has just become something that's an annoyance, something that we're trying to overcome, something that may get in our way, something that we know is true, but we have for some reason brought God to where he is familiar to us and, and knowable to us. And we feel like we can just kind of stumble into the throne room anytime because after all, God exists for a relationship with us after all, correct? Absolutely not. God does not exist for us, folks. He does not exist for us. He does not live for us. He lives for himself in his infancy. In, <laughs> infancy. Yeah, well, whatever. His character is never diminished. I want you to listen to a quote by A.W. Tozer. He said, God dwells in a mode of being totally beyond us and wholly above us, infinitely removed from us. Yet when we think about God, we are trying to think about someone unlike anything we know. God says, who am I like? Or to whom will you compare me? The answer is nobody. Nobody's like God. Nothing's like God. God is only like himself. Some of you have heard me say this before. When we talk about good and evil, it's easy to compare good and evil. So we say, let's talk about the opposite of God. Who is the or what is the opposite of God? And most people would say Satan or evil. And the truth of the matter is, there is no opposite of God. Satan is the opposite of a good angel. Nothing more, nothing less. God is incomparable. There is nothing to compare his character and nature to because he and he alone is infinite. We dwell in matter and space and time and we are creatures that has a beginning. God is not material and he doesn't dwell in matter. God is not spatial. He doesn't dwell in space. He isn't temporal. He doesn't dwell within time. He isn't a creature. He is the creator. God was before any creature was and we've said it before, nothing adds one thing to God and not one thing can take anything away from him. We can begin to understand only what God has revealed to us. And what we learn about God being infinite is God is so much bigger than what we even know or could know about Him. We become more knowledgeable through His written Word and His Holy Spirit. And this gives birth to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. God has revealed himself, his character, and his nature by creation. So, in other words, we can look around the world and we can see God in his invisible attributes, as Romans chapter 1 says. We can understand a little bit about God because of his creation. And by word. So here we have his revealed word. As I learn about what can be known about God when I look at trees and science and those sorts of things, it, it points me to order. It points me toward design. And as I am more and more aware of that, it points me to his word. And so now I compare the written word with revealed cre creation around me. Once I am able to understand that the Word has the bearing of God upon it, then as I begin to understand that and learn that and give my life to that, He awakens the spirit that is dead inside of me and now I can know even more spiritually. So yes, I can know a little bit about God by nature. I can know a little bit more about God by His stories. But until I am fully alive spiritually and walking in a personal relationship with God, there is special revelation that could be known. And even in that special revelation, we can only know a smattering of what is 
right about God and true about God and full about God because He has not revealed all of Him. Everything He has revealed is true, but He has not revealed His fullness because we are finite. We are bound by time and by space and by matter. In John chapter 21, verse 25, it says, Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books. What John is saying is that the things that we know even about the life of Jesus Christ right now, if everything was written about Jesus that they understood, the book, the libraries of the world couldn't contain it. And I think that's a microcosm of the character and nature of God Himself. We can't process the infinity of God. We have a sampling of revelation of Jesus. We have enough to relate to Him spiritually. You ever heard people say, well, you know, I, I just relate to God in nature. I like to go out on the lake or I like to go out into the woods. Or I just have a special relationship with God in nature. Well, yes, God is revealed in nature, but there's not special revelation of God in nature. We can just know that God is. We can say, I know God is because of nature. There are other folks who get so, and, I don't, and, and understand me clearly here, who get bogged down in prophecies and understanding of deeper truths. Not serving people, not loving people, just wrapped up in the written word. And so yes, we love God and we can know more about God by studying His word. But if we say yes to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and walk in the Spirit and live in the Spirit, there is still more of Him to be known. And that can only be known in a personal relationship. And God speaks to us in all three of these levels. And for us to be less than satisfied with anything other than a personal relationship with Jesus, we are missing the fullness that could be known. Knowing Him personally will change our life. With Him, we can overcome adversity. We'll have the comfort and guidance and power of His Holy Spirit in our daily lives. The best part of all of it is knowing God is that He has promised to forgive us of all of our sin and to have an eternal relationship with Him. But only if we respect and regard and relate to Him spiritually. Listen to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16. Who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see? To Him be honor and eternal dominion. You hear that? When we speak of the deep things of God that 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 talks about, we're not talking about something unknowable. We are being led to God by the God of love, the God who gave His Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. The God who gave us His Spirit to dwell within us. He's leading us out of darkness and He's leading it into His light. But listen to what He says. Who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light. His light is unapproachable and yet He draws us to it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are called to proclaim his excellence, 
excellencies as he draws us into his light. In fact, Timothy says, his unsearchable, unapproachable light. Here we find ourselves in a paradox. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this. We are called to seek the unsearchable. We are called to know the unknowable. We are called to approach the unapproachable. It's a conundrum. What God is telling us is that as long as He is out here, we can't, we can't be aware of Him in a spiritual way. And that's where most people today are trying to relate to God in a comfortable way where we don't have to change at all. But we are being led into His unapproachable light so that we may proclaim His excellencies. And while it is an infinity... It does not threaten us and it does not overwhelm us. It promises to welcome us. It's the infinity of love. Yes, we know love, but God is infinitely loving. We understand a part of mercy, but as much mercy as we need, there's more. In fact, over and over, he tells us that he has grace for us. More grace than we need, he even says. And he hasn't even revealed all of his grace that he has. He hasn't even revealed all of his mercy that he has. He has given us more love than we can process. But there's even more love than that because his love is infinite. His mercy is infinite and his grace is infinite. So while we think we're getting close to God, we're only getting closer and closer to the part of God that he has even revealed to us. Oh, before we even think that we could know Him, we need to understand that we can only know Him to the degree that He has revealed Himself to us. What an arrogant thought that we know God. Let me just stop for a moment and say this. How could we know the unknowable? How could we seek the unsearchable? Well, the scripture is very clear that once we give our lives to Jesus Christ and we say yes to Him in complete surrender, then, then we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. We have died to ourselves. We have died to our calendars. We have died to our wallets. We have died to our popularity. We have died to our reputations. And we live for the glory of Jesus Christ. And in God's infinite wisdom and infinite giving... He actually gives us His character and nature. He, he implants His Spirit in us, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit of God. And now I have infinite dwelling inside of me. So I want you to understand this. When we come to the end of ourself, you ever, been, you ever, you ever gotten tired of doing good and just need a break? You ever... You ever uh, Maybe you've, you've experienced some, some of these things. You ever had somebody that you can be patient with for a little while and then you come to the end of that? You ever have somebody you can forgive and they just keep on and keep on and keep on and 70 times 7 seems really close? That's because the part of God that we know in, na in nature, we, we can relate to that to some degree to know the difference between right and wrong. Even the stories, we can modify our behavior for a while. But listen, you can relate to God through nature and not experience transformation. You can relate to God even in His Word and not experience transformation. 
but it is giving your wholeness to Him. Everything that you are to Him daily where you experience transformation. And in that is when God takes His infinity and He imparts a part of that and places it inside of you. That is why when we are filled with the Spirit, we are able to forgive and have peace and love and mercy and joy and even self-control to the utter degree. We never run out of it because it's flowing through us in an infinite supply. This is why John says, don't be weary in well-doing because if you are only working in the flesh doing the good that you know to do, there's going to come a time when you get just a little bit crispy. Some people say, I'm just feeling burnt out. Anybody ever experienced just being close to about done? I'm not talking about your marriage or your parenting. I'm glad that you laughed because first service looked at each other. <laughs> I'm talking about in our spirit where you just, you just get fatigued spiritually. Listen, if you're tapping into the infinite supply of the Holy Spirit, there is no burnout. Because you're not working in the flesh. You're working in the spirit. And there's an endless supply of the energo, the energy that comes from the Holy Spirit. It's funny to me, when we get tired, we need a break. What do we do when we need a break? We retreat from normal and we go to the... I don't want to be, I don't want to be too clear here. I want to speak a little bit ambiguously. But we need a break, we go to the lake. Right? We go to the lake to get refreshed. Where we should be going is to the endless supply of the Holy Spirit that's alive within us. That place of renewal, that place of His Word where we're obediently applying the truths of His Word and drawing near to Him. We should go to the throne room, not to the lake. Now you can go to the lake, that's fine, but don't expect to be refreshed by nature when we can only be refreshed by the energizing of the Holy Spirit. Pastors against... Vacations. Now, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, have you ever been on vacation, have to come home to get some rest? Some of us need to quit answering out loud. <laughs> it's fun. So, in ourselves... We, as finite beings, in regard to space, time, and matter, uh, we dare not approach His inapproachable light. But as we give ourselves to the Holy Spirit, now we have a new identity. It's not about Blaine Rogers anymore. It is about Jesus Christ. And now I can know the unknowable simply because I'm not me anymore. I'm identified with Jesus Christ. And not only that, now, when I see God, I don't see the unknowable, unsearchable, unfathomable. I see my Father. And now when the Father sees me, He doesn't see Blaine Rogers anymore. He sees me identifying as Jesus Christ, the righteous. And now there's an opportunity for a relationship. And in that relationship is the opportunity for transformation. Listen to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. That we may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. 
This is so important because through the book of Ephesians, you're going to see this over and over. The fullness of God. Chapter 2, you'll see the fullness of Christ. You get to chapter 5, you see the fullness of the Spirit. We see this in a triune way. The fullness of God the Father, the fullness of the Christ, and fullness of the Spirit. So it's interesting that you may know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Do you see that? Seek the unsearchable, know the unknowable. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 6. Then let, uh, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can draw near with confidence. You do not have a relationship with the Father because of you. You have a relationship with Father because He has placed His infinity in you. He's placed Himself in you. If you're not careful, we will, we will become to be very arrogant in our faith. Like we have some kind of a special relationship with God because of who we are or how good we are. You can only know and understand and relate to God as you are close to Jesus Christ because that's the foundation of His relationship with you. God does not draw close to us. He draws close to His Son in us. He's given us an opportunity to know things we cannot know and understand things we cannot understand, but only as a relationship with Jesus Christ allows it. Not because of your reputation and how good you are. I'm afraid we're about to forget that. I'm afraid we have God as, you know, we're the apple of His eye. We're the reason that He exists. And I think that we've turned it backwards and we've lost the sense of purpose and meaning and the overwhelming power that rests within Him. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God. The secret things, the things that you can't know, that only God knows. But the things that are revealed belong to us. There are things that God has not revealed, but there are things that God has. And the things that God has revealed, you can know it. You can know it. He says, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. What, what God is saying to us is what has been revealed to us has been revealed not for our good, but for our obedience. Because it is in our obedience that we may do, that we may look like, that we may act like Jesus Christ. We are the manifestation of Christ on the earth. We are, this is why when God looks at us just before Jesus ascends to heaven, He says, but you shall be my witnesses. That's because God placed inside of us His infinity so that we may declare His excellencies. We don't exist for us. We exist for Him. Now you can know about God from nature and you know about God from His Word, but you cannot know you cannot know God apart from Jesus Christ. Holy, fully, completely, every aspect. You've heard it said before, if He's not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. 
Listen to this. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. What no eye has seen, or ear heard, or heart imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. These are things that can't even be revealed through nature. They cannot be revealed through His Word. They are only revealed through His Spirit. Which is one of the reasons why you can know about God and you can know stories. You can even know chronologies and you can know orders of the kings. You can have an idea of how prophecies work and not be transformed and your spirits actually be darkened. But once you give yourself to Jesus Christ and you allow His Spirit to be inside of you and you begin to walk in obedience to His Spirit, then He begins to illuminate the things that you cannot see. He begins to show you, let you hear things that you cannot hear and imagine things that you cannot imagine in the flesh. These things that are beyond our understanding have been revealed to us by God. And God can reveal Himself to us without ceasing to be infinite God. We think of giving a little bit of yourself away and it reducing. But in infinity, God gives Himself away to us, but it does not reduce Him to do so. When we consider the difference between ourselves and God, and we looked at this a couple of weeks ago in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, it says that His ways are not our ways, His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're not just different, but His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and His ways are higher than our ways. But one of the things that we didn't do then was look at the context. So I want to back up a couple of verses and look at the context, beginning in verse 6, and listen to Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the, righteous, the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly, abundantly pardon. Abundantly pardon. That word in Hebrew is rabah which means to increase by multiplication. More so than we need. He doesn't just give us the pardon we need. It's in multiplication. Powerful, powerful promise. We have the difference between our thoughts and God's thoughts. And the great contrast is, according to Isaiah 55, the great contrast is very similar to what Isaiah saw in Isaiah chapter 6, beginning in verse 5, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up. You remember what Isaiah, when he saw the Lord, his thoughts and his ways, you remember what he did? He bowed low and he said, Woe is me, for I am ruined. So when Isaiah responds with his thoughts and ways, he focuses on his own sin. But do you remember what verse 7 says of Isaiah chapter 6? The Lord responds to Isaiah by saying, Your sins are forgiven. His thoughts... His ways focus on His salvation. Our thoughts and our ways focus on our sin. So until we begin to think 
in terms that physically we can't. Listen, I'm going to break this down as simply as I know. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands and don't answer this out loud. But if we were to identify this culture, we are over-anxious, we are over-dramatic, we are oversensitive, we are over-offended, we spend all of our energy dealing with anxiety, we spend time dealing with guilt and fear and pain and frustration. This would not only identify our culture, this would identify the church. There's a significant reason why this is true. It's because we identify with the things of this world, not the things of the Spirit. Because we are thinking our thoughts and our ways instead of thinking His. Now listen, if you're going to think your thoughts and your ways, then it would make sense that you would be filled with guilt and shame and anxiety and selfishness. But if you put your thoughts and your ways with His, which is only possible by identifying with Jesus Christ in fullness, then you will be able to see and live in His salvation. Salvation doesn't belong to you. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And if you're focused on His salvation, guess what? Your thoughts move from guilt and shame and move to freedom and deliverance. And now all of a sudden, we can be more of the manifestation of Jesus Christ. This is not New Testament we're talking about. These are the teachings of even the Old Testament where we can understand that we are stuck. We are stuck. We are so far removed from God. But Jesus Christ has brought Him near. And when we say yes to Him, we're saying yes to a complete transformation. Not being satisfied with Bible stories, but being satisfied with Christ in us. The hope of glory. To be able to walk around as manifestations of peace and joy and hope and confidence. To be able to walk with fullness and life. Why would we be settled for less than that? I'll tell you. Because we're trying to relate to God with our flesh. But let me remind you of this very clearly. The world would tell you that that's the way to do it. To bring God near. But God is trying to call us out of darkness into His light. Going back to Isaiah chapter 6. If you remember what happens when Isaiah recognizes God's thoughts and God's presence when he is in the throne room, there's a breakout of holy, holy, holy. You remember that? Holy. And even when we get into the throne room, Revelation says the same thing. I mean, it's just an echo of, of what Isaiah experienced in the Old Testament. Holy, holy, holy. When we move from relating to God in the flesh and we relate to God in the Spirit of Christ imparted to us by His infinity. This is the breakout of worship. And it moves our life from having our movement and our, our awareness of the things of this world and the distractions of this world. And we're able to step in a whole other reality where everything is about His glory and His honor. Everywhere we go, can you imagine taking it? Once we are filled, we have the capacity to understand and, be re and, and have more revealed to us. Things that are kept secret from the world. And as we step into that, to be able to all day long just be able to see His glory all day long everywhere. And He's called us to move in that glory. You ever not known what to do next? And to be able to live in His identity is to be able to always know what to do next. 
which direction to move in because we always move in the direction where we see His glory. But you can't see His glory from finite. You can only see and hear and experience that when you have completely surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. And many Christians today have not done that because we've settled for a lesser substitute. We've settled for stories instead of a spirit. This is the gospel of Christ. Christ with us. God with us. Emmanuel. He will never leave us nor forsake us. I think of thinking of God like Superman. The world would love for God to be Superman. I even think of the difference between, and this is a real generic way of saying this. Uh, Marvel Comics is about men becoming gods. DC Comics is about gods becoming men. And they're so wildly popular because there's not one of us, and I know I've, I've lost my crowd now, but there's not one of us who can't watch a movie or read a comic and not identify, right? We're looking for who to identify with. That's why we love Iron Man. He's just a guy that's identifiable. We can identify with characters like this. I might not be able to get bitten by a spider, but I could create machinery. And that's why we love Batman is because it's just a dude. And we see ourselves as that. Well, you watch movies or, or comics or cartoons like Superman and you see this train falling and he catches it. His muscles bulge. He sweats. He's got grease on his face. And we say, Superman will save the day. God's not Superman. He doesn't bulge. He doesn't get grease on his face. And he doesn't have to jump over buildings in a single bound. He's infinite. He's not Superman. He's incomparable. He's incomparable. He's unapproachable. He's unknowable. He's unsearchable. But Jesus Christ has brought him near and given us the Spirit and placed it within us. So I want to encourage you, when the world sees us, we are testimonies of the infinity of God the Father. And given, given the permission, responsibility to be His witnesses. When the world sees us, they should see Him. This is why when the disciples looked at Jesus and said, show us the Father. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I want to take a moment, shifting gears. This is a hard gear to shift here. But I want to use a real, I think it's appropriate, some of you may not care, but I'm going to take a moment and explain this through a personal illustration. Uh, I want to talk about Kanye West for a moment. I've debated it all week long. Some of you don't know or care. I get it. But you should. Because just not long ago, Kanye West put out an album, and I don't encourage you to listen to anything he's written. It's horrific. But he says that he is God. He, in fact, he's the Lord. And I don't understand how a guy who has been exposed to so much creation 
and access to so much truth could come to that declaration. And listen, it sold copies like wildfire. But recently, Kanye West says he's given his life to Jesus Christ. He put out a new album just last week. And he is now declaring that Jesus is God, is King, in fact. Now, I'm, again, not telling you to rush out and buy his album. I don't really care. But I know this. I know this. God has revealed the unknowable, unsearchable truth about himself. And it seems that Kanye West said yes. And what he thought to be true has been completely upended. And he's walking in a different, different way. Now, I want to shift gears again. And I want to say a lot of people have been suspect to what is this really about. Is it real? Does it really matter? And I want to just address that for a moment. I want to say this. There, were, there was a time in my life where I was incredibly immature in my faith, learning things for the very first time. And I know that for the first lots of years in my faith, I might have said and done a lot of stupid stuff that was not spiritually motivated. We've got to give room for people to grow in their faith. Bad news is, well, for me, I was able to do a lot of that with a really small profile. Kanye West is doing that in front of the whole world. And by the way, you got guys got Kanye West. This is nuts. Who in the world would think Kanye West would become a Christian? God the Father did, and God actually placed himself inside of him. We ought to be praying for men like this. Instead of criticizing him, instead of looking for error, we ought to be, we ought to be praying for them on our knees that God would use them and give them a platform that we all wish we had. Justin Bieber, really? Justin Bieber? I am not encouraging you to go out and listen or buy any of his stuff. But last week I listened to him lead worship on stage and cry out about not knowing what he used to be, but now knowing. I, I listened to Kanye West talk about, somebody asked him, do you, how do you know it's real? How do you know it's real? He said, well, did you know when you're asleep, if you're asleep? When you wake up, you know you're awake. This is what I know. I used to be asleep, and now I'm awake. And I don't know, but I know this. God is at work placing himself in people. And those people that say yes to him, some of them have a platform for the nations. Some people have a platform for their neighbors. But I know this. God can transform our lives if we say yes to, to daily spiritual living. He will give us his infinity and allow us to manifest what can be revealed through us. So I want to encourage you this morning. Declare His excellencies. Walk with Him in His presence. Don't be satisfied with His truths. Don't be satisfied with nature. But in His presence, make Him known and know Him. Let's pray. Lord, we love You and we thank You for transformation and I ask this morning that you would remind us of not who we are remind us of who you are because you are in us if we know who you are we know who we are I pray Lord that you would humble us remove us of pride and arrogance selfishness we spend our entire lives trying to to be better 
But I pray, Lord, that you would help us to respond to the gospel and allow you to live in us. We thank you for your patience, your mercy, and your grace. Especially this morning, we thank you for your forgiveness. So, Lord, our lives for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need help finding or taking your next step, send us a message at hello at myconnectchurch.cc.